What's going on, FCS football fans? Welcome to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I am David Hasagan. To my left, the czar of the playbook, Emery Hunt. Emery, good morning. Good morning, sir. How's it going? This guy's over here. He's, tw- he's texting. He's tweeting. I don't well, know you got to you got to multitask, man. Like you, you always start to show you surprise me. I'm in the middle of, of doing business, and here you go with a surprise. The intro. Like, oh man, we start. You said you, you said okay to go. Never mind. I, speaking of multitasking, was everybody else on the road? Around you, acting like somebody out of Dumb and Dumber today. Cause what do you mean? Like, I got people not using their blinkers. I got people cutting me off. I got people going slow, then breaking randomly. It's just like, I never get understand. Off the road. I, I'm amazed. And now I understand why. Because <laughs> I don't know if you saw it th- over the weekend. Um, someone got convicted for, here in New Jersey, convicted for uh, allowing people to, to not take the driving test. Yeah. Like yeah. over 200 <laughs> cases of him just like, yeah. so I, and I was like, yo, you, that explains why people can't drive. <laughs> See, here's the thing. We, we're all crazy, but we all kind of know what we're doing. And then a New Yorker, a guy from Pennsylvania shows up and the whole thing just gets blown out of wax. It's like, goodness. <laughs> Folks, this is not the, uh, the rant about driving. Not 10, 10 wins, right? No, <laughs> this is our MEAC podcast preview. Start of MEAC week, and it's going to be an exciting week here. We're really looking forward to this week and this podcast especially. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at the FCS Kickoff, at FCS Opening Drive, and follow my man Emery at FBall Game Plan. Don't forget, you can listen to us anytime, anywhere on iTunes or SoundCloud. Search Football Game Plan in the podcast section. And while you're there, subscribe and give us a five-star rating. And let us know. Like, Give us feedback. We'd love to hear your feedback of what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. We'd love to get your thoughts of where you want this podcast to go, so make sure you comment on those. Don't forget to go to youtube.com slash footballgameplan as well for all your football game plan content and footballgameplan.com as always. As we said, it is MEAC week, and this is going to be a big one. This is going to be an interesting one, I think, Emery, because there are a lot of very, very strong teams for a lot of different reasons going on right now and I mean we got to start with 2017 and the dominance that was North Carolina A&T undefeated for the first time ever in this conference's history they win the celebration bowl over Grambling A&T could not be stopped anywhere yeah and they also in the process knocked off an FBS opponent um, totally dominated Charlotte you know the 49ers it, you know it started they started the season of, I think blowing the brakes off of Gardner Webb, so yeah, twelve and zero. I was at that Celebration Bowl game, and their offensive line really took over in that contest against Grambling. And you're watching that game, you're thinking like, man, they have Lamar Renard coming back, they have Markel Cartwright coming back, Mac McCain was a freshman All American last year, Elijah Bell, it's, like it's goodness, nasty. it's nasty, <laughs> it's absolutely filthy. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the conference though. An interesting year because there were a lot of good teams though still right. coming out of the you know even though you have an undefeated team it's not like the rest of the teams were trash Howard had a good season Bethune Cookman had a good season NC Central had a good season even Norfolk State went 500 in the conference last year so considering what happened uh, with the yeah with the yeah. you know with the death and then even during the season like so they had some it, and it, came back nicely at the end head coach Latrell Scott deserves a ton of credit for keeping that team and that program together for, for what they were dealing with yeah, and how he was able to uh, work through that and get those guys to, to play good football. Absolutely. 
Uh, we had a couple draft picks as well coming out of yep. this conference, including the first FCS player selected overall, Darius Leonard, the outside linebacker from South Carolina State, going to the Colts at the 36th overall pick. That's very high for an FCS player. And, of course, the outside linebacker, uh, the out, uh, offensive lineman, excuse me, uh, Brandon Parker from A&T going to the Raiders. Just show and a ton of signings out of this conference as well. You know, everybody says, "Oh, it's just a couple conferences in the FCS." No, 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 no. Look at the signing list and see where they're coming from. Yeah, I mean, talk about uh, Darius Leonard. I mean, South Carolina State doing a great job producing. Buddy Pugh has always had good front seven players. Um, they're they're going to always put offensive linemen in the league, uh, but they were able to get a defensive player in there, and Leonard, who has been one of the better players throughout the course of his career. Uh, you talk about Brandon Parker. Senior Bowl invite. Him and Leonard were both guys yeah. down there at the Senior Bowl. Yep. Um, they get drafted, hear their name call. Parker's going into a great situation. I know Donald Penn is probably on a, his last leg out there at, at the left tackle position. Yep. Brandon Parker could easily step right in and be that guy. And Again, they took him in the third round, so that tells you what they think of him. And, and just a sidebar right quick for the Raiders – I mean, second round, they went P.J. Hall, yep. Sam Houston State. Yep. Third round, they go Brandon Parker. So, obviously, they see the significance of of scouting the FCS, but also they do a great job. I think Riley McKenzie, who's the head scout for the Raiders, does a great job in scouting the HBCU. So, you're going to see some MEAC players. You're going to see players from the SWAC on uh, Oakland's roster. So, yeah, this conference did a great job last year. And to be honest, this season – you may see even more. You may even get a, a quarterback and a running back drafted from – we saw Tariq Cohen two years ago. Right, um, yep. And I think Cartwright could be that guy again. I think Renard, based off what he put out on the field last year, winning the Offensive Player of the Year Award in the MEAC, um, Black College Offensive Player of the Year Award. So, yeah, this this team is good. Well, let's talk about some of the players that are coming back in this conference. I mean, just overall – there are a lot of really high-quality players coming back this season that were underclassmen. You mentioned Cartwright. He had almost 1,200 yards last year. Lamar Renard, 27 touchdowns, just 7 picks, almost 3,000 yards. Really, really impressive. But let's talk about some of the other players in this conference on the offensive side of the ball. We'll get to the defense in a second um, who are coming back. And let's start with the dual-threat quarterback from Howard, Kalen Newton, going into his sophomore season. But he lit it up as a freshman last year he had 12 rushing touchdowns ran for almost 800 yards there threw 13 touchdowns 12 picks but he's young but still threw for 2400 yards that's an incredible season for a freshman quarterback i mean that that howard bison team was just like impressive top to bottom and newton you talked about that true freshman true freshman high school quarterback yeah. coming into college starting your first game at unlv and leading the biggest upset in college football history like, talk about hitting yeah. the ground running, right? App, App State might have a little question, a little bone to pick up with their biggest in history. Biggest in history, point spread wise. Okay, there we go. I think they were like <laughs> fifty point underdogs, some something ridiculous. something ridiculous like that, and they beat UNLV, and they should have beaten Kent State. They yeah. had a lead in that game. Defense just got um, just got tired at the end and gave up a, a lot of big plays. But you you got to give Howard credit, Coach Mike London and his staff. You know, he first of all he got there, got guys to believe in 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 themselves and in the program. Right. Um, and he brought in you know great coaches that were able to coach the position and also maximize. And you got to love the name of their offense, the Go Go Offense by <laughs> Brennan Marion, who's one of the top offensive minds in college football. This guy has 
has really put a lot of work in on on the whiteboard. His offense is what really caused problems for all these teams. Yeah. They really couldn't figure it out. Now you give them a full year in the system, um, the, these players, and now you're adding more talent to what Mike London has built. Yeah, this is a team that's here to stay. This is a team I think would challenge. I mean, six and two in the conference last year. Yeah, I mean, and again, true freshman quarterback. If he cuts down those interceptions by even just half this year, six picks, add a couple more touchdowns in there. Howard's in a whole lot more ball games. Well, that, that's where he has to improve. Yeah, we know he can run. We know he spearheads the, the running game. And he can throw. He could throw, but he has to be able to be efficient. You have to know when and where to pull a trigger. Is it rec- is it more recognizing the defense with him, or is it trying to take a shot to you know trying to go a step too far and like throwing a you know too too hard to pass? I think all things can be true in this situation because you look yeah. at a guy again, true freshman, right? You know, uh, it, it the game moves so fast. For a high school player transition to college, it's amazing the difference. Just, it's just so cool. amazing, especially at that position. Yeah, like I'm, I'm always amazed at true freshman quarterbacks that are able to get on the field early, which is why you know what Jake Fromm did at Georgia. Yeah, uh, last year was impressive. So you get on the field as a true freshman is hard, but as a quarterback is even harder. So for this guy to get there in the spring, acclimate himself enough to where they felt comfortable with him being the starter. Yeah, and then to really springboard and have a career year uh, you know a banner year for Howard uh, says a lot about his progression so yes I would expect those interception numbers to to be significantly lower this year efficiency is going to be higher and if that's the case like you said this team could challenge for the top let's talk about another team that's kind of flown under the radar they had a a rough year last year and that's Florida A&M went two and six in the conference three and eight but Ryan Stanley a quarterback in his sophomore season was definitely a, a a Silver lining on what was a pretty rough season, but he was fantastic. I like Ryan Stanley, man. I think he's like perfect for FAMU. And now with the new head coach, Willie Simmons, and what he wants to do offensively, I think Stanley is a perfect trigger man for that offense. They're going to have to replace some receivers. You know, right. They lose Norwood, um, who was a, a big-time playmaker. But they have some guys returning. Um, their running game is going to be solid. I think their offensive line is, is good. Uh, coach Simmons did a great job in recruiting. Uh, but, yeah, Stanley is, is an excellent player. And we talked about this last year, how this this conference is starting to get solid quarterback play. Yes. You know, Bethune-Cookman yes. seems to be a, a, a quarterback efficiency factory. They're, they're constantly having guys that can play efficient football. FAMU, you, you talk about Ryan Stanley. We talked about uh, Renard for NC uh, A&T. And so, you know, there's a bunch of guys within this conference that are good players. The recruiting has gotten better. Uh, but, yeah, you talk about Florida A&M, and I'm excited to see what they can do this year because I thought they recruited well last year. Um, Willie Simmons is a guy that's coming over from Prairie View a and it should be exciting in the conference. It should be. It abs- and uh, you talk about, you know, they're finally getting consistent quarterback play. Now it's about time that these guys get consistent quarterback respect. Yeah. That's the other thing as well. Because I think any one of these guys, Renard, Newton, or Stanley, could be playing Sundays. I yeah. think they've got that quality. Let's talk about on the defensive side of the ball, though. And we're going to talk about a couple of guys that, again, programs that are kind of under the radar. We know what you mentioned Franklin McCain. Six interceptions last year was tied for the conference lead. He had also three defensive touchdowns uh, for A&T. But let's talk about a couple other guys, and let's start with Rico Kennedy out of Morgan State going into his junior year. 19 and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks last season. 
why? Like, is this guy just – are they just putting him out on an island by himself for Morgan State? I mean, they only won one game last year. Like, is he doing everything, or is this guy just a monster that nobody really knows about yet? See, I have intimate knowledge of Morgan State. I called four of their games last year, there right? There we go. So I've seen a lot of the Bears football. See, we actually go to the games, folks. We don't just watch on Twitter. Anyway. Ah, there you go. Anyway, I like that. continue with Mr. Kennedy. So Mr. Kennedy is always around the football. I think Morgan State defensively um, is better than than average. They're, right. You know, so they're on the upper echelon part of the MEAC. Their offense just couldn't bail them out, you know, with sustained drives or put points up on the, on the board. I remember they what the first two games they didn't score. Yeah. So their offense was an issue. Their defense never was. So not only you have Rico Kennedy, who is a phenomenal player, uh, linebacker that's always around the ball. You also have Carl Garns, who's a terrific safety. Um, I like to. I told you before the show. I liken him to. He's their version of Akib Talib as far as right the instigator. <laughs> like every play, yes. you're going to hear from Carl Garns. Like no matter where you are on the field, where you're going you to you're gonna worry. Wait, where is he? Yep, yep there he is. Found and, him. And, and if, <laughs> it doesn't matter if he made the play or not. Like yeah. you're going to hear from Carl Garns. Like, <laughs> but I like that about him. I like how he plays defense. And Morgan State is is uh, you know again they're defensive minded. Um, and, uh, and you know I know they moved on from Fred Ferrier, who's now going to be the OC at South Carolina State. So that's a tremendous hire for. Yeah, South Carolina State, but they're going to go with their uh, defensive coordinator. I think now is the interim head coach at uh, yeah Ernest Jones. Yeah, at Morgan State. So uh, listen, football team football team down there is is a they they call their offensive line the trench mop. Nice, uh, but their defense is what they were known for. Rico Kennedy leads the way. And let's talk about one other guy before we move on to uh, the coaching changes because it's been another coaching carousel in the MEAC this year. And let's talk about Nigel Chavis uh, from Norfolk State, one of the leading tacklers in the conference that's actually coming back. A lot of the top defensive players did graduate this past year, but he's coming back with 82 tackles, uh, five sacks. This is a Norfolk State team that I think could surprise some people. They looked very, very strong last year, um, especially in the second half of the season. What does Nigel Chavis, like, how does he look to you as a potential pro prospect somewhere down the line? Well, I, I mean, you know, you, you always got to be careful. Right. Because I think when you look at what, what they what they do, I think um, overall they were a young team. Yeah. I think they're probably a little bit more inclined to have uh, guys that, let's say, up front. Their offensive line is always, always good. Um but I would keep an eye on their incoming guy, DeAndre Thomas, their uh, quarterback, uh, Fork Union Military Prep School. Ah, um, okay. 6'4", about 215, something like that. That'll work. Yeah, he could, <laughs> he could really he could throw. So I, I think that's a young team that's building in the right direction. I know they lost Chris Lee. Um, you know, he's a, he signed – I think he signed – I forgot which team he signed with uh, via free agency in the NFL. Right. Um, but, you know – I believe what Latrell Scott does as far as teaching, mentoring, coaching um, with that young team he had this year. Now, they won't have any pro prospects per se um, jump off the board. But I do think that 2019 you'll see a bunch of guys that will be on NFL radars coming from this program. So Norfolk State's another year away, you think? Yeah, uh, as far as like pro prospects are concerned. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Let's move on, though, to – the coaching changes that happened around the MEAC. Five different schools uh, changing up coaches. Uh, Delaware State, Florida A&M, Morgan State, A&T, and NC Central 
all switching up. Uh, Delaware State, Kenny Carter uh, fired at the end of the season. Rod Milstead uh, coming in as uh, the uh, new coach at Delaware State. So what do you think uh, Coach Milstead has? It's a challenge at Delaware State, for sure. Yo, man, talk, you know, I I couldn't let out a big enough side to, you know, to really drive the point home how big of a challenge it is. But yeah. it's a challenge that I think they're up to the task to, to make it happen. You know, um, the good part about what he's doing, he's bringing in really good coaches, right. uh, assistant coaches. You know, guys that were former head coaches are on his staff, you know, and that's key. Because you yes. have guys that – because you're essentially the head coach of your position. Yeah, you're bringing in a guy like Eric Day, Mark James. Mark James is probably one of the best coaches I've ever sat down and talked with. Really? Um, and I was shocked that he got let go from Virginia Union. Right. So that's a huge hire and for Delaware over the State. defense. Take and over so the defense. now do you get a guy that, that was a head coach that also – yeah, you're right. That's a great defensive-minded head coach. But also, he has ties to the Virginia area with recruiting. That's which helpful. Which is huge. That's huge. You know, um, and Delaware could Delaware State could be you know, one of these sleeping giant programs. Think about it. Your Jersey, Philly. Yep. You know, Maryland area, the DM. You know, that whole area. Right. Like they're they're surrounded by talent. I mean, hell, Delaware is always good, right? Yeah. You know, or competitive. Exactly. Delaware State can be the same, and I think when you add coaches that can coach. Uh, along with your ability to recruit, Millstead is a great coach himself. Yeah. So yes, the, the the task is an uphill battle um, because they lo- they used to lose a lot of guys transferring out, and you yeah. know just so I, I think now get them some stability. Yep. I, I think recruiting is everything in college football, but Delaware State is a, is a I can understand why Coach Millstead took that opportunity. You know, it, yeah. You want to go somewhere where you can build, and there's nothing butt building that can go on with the Hornets you know so I think they're going to be in they're in good hands uh, it's going to take a little time for for him to, to really get the, the the culture where he wants it right get the recruits in and then start building from there but the I think the pieces are in place from a staff standpoint for them to be successful and and again he's a Delaware State alum he means something from DC so he knows that area and this is as you said this is his first ever college head coaching job his last job that he came from la plata high school where he was head the coach for the last three years but he did work as the o-line coach at nc central and delaware state previously so he he knows the division he knows the conference from playing in it from coaching in it now he really gets to run the show florida a&m also making a coaching change alex wood on the way out willie simmons on the way in and you are very high on this hire yeah so is Tallahassee. That's their native son. They wanted him back. Right. They they wanted. They've been trying to get Willie Simmons for seven years. <laughs> like they tried um, before. To me, um, to he, me. But he ended up going to Prairie View A and M. Timing wasn't right. But now they get their guy. So they're excited. Yeah. The alumni is excited. Uh, the boosters, most importantly, are excited, which means they're pumping into the program. Good. You know. <laughs> so, but. That's the guy that they wanted. They wanted Willie Simmons, and they had to really, you know. Prairie View had a couple good seasons. It wasn't going to be easy to get him away from there. Bingo. And it wasn't going to be easy to get him away from other programs, too, that wanted his services. Right. You know, so I I think him deciding to, to quote, unquote, come home, uh, as he called it, going to Tallahassee, that's a sleeping giant program, the Rattlers. Um, You talk about talent base. You just had a Division II school 
uh, right up the street in Pensacola in West Florida, just got football like two or three years ago. Was, title was, game. Was, title game. So the talent <laughs> so. is there. You're across the street literally from Florida State. Yeah. Like – Literally across the street from Florida and State. There's going to be plenty of kids that, oh, Florida State's going to be like, eh, no, no, it's okay. Come here. Exactly. Come here, That's what they used to do. <laughs> Come and, here, son. Right. And so I think it's, I, I'm excited talking about the MEAC because of the potential, because of the coaches, because of the location, because of the talent that they're bringing in. Willie Simmons was a home run high, and I think everyone within this conference can agree. And let's, let's move on to a, a, a totally different situation. You had the dream situation for the Rattlers. Kind of a nightmare scenario for Morgan State. They let go of Fred Farrier, which I know when it happened, you were shocked by. Totally shocked. And they've gone in a very strange direction. From what they have said, they're going with an interim head coach for the entire season in Ernest Jones as they try to find a replacement. We talked about this a lot last year, yeah. how that's a, just a, that's just awkward. It's kind of awkward. It's an awkward situation, but how does, how does Ernest Jones, it doesn't sound like he's going to be the next head coach full-time, but how does he take this kind of this real mess of where where this program is right now and get some sort of result out of it. Coaches like to say control the controllables, right? Yeah. So he can't control what the administration wants to do long term. Right. He can only control the 2018 Morgan State Bears, which means he has to go out there and perform. They were 1 in 10 last year. Yeah. So they have to be better. It, you know, if they're 1 in 10 again, Obviously, he didn't make a strong enough case for him to be kept as head coach. So he has to go out there and get these guys ready to play. I would say keep an eye on this. And I don't know if Elijah Staley is going to be back, the quarterback transfer that they had last year from Mississippi State. But, man, Anthony Brown is a redshirt freshman. I know they have someone there that you know that played last year. That play, I forget his name, but even it's sad because I called the game. But I know he he came in and and, and uh, he was a running quarterback. There weren't too many offensive highlights for Morgan yeah, State. So. Their running game was was phenomenal. But uh, he came in in uh, and spared Elijah Staley a couple of times, you know. And that's DeAndre Harris, you know. So they, but he wasn't the passer that Staley was. Right. But Anthony Brown, listen, six four. 225. Jumping off the charts, eh? Everything that you want. Like, heady kid can put the ball anywhere he wants to put it on the football field. Yeah. Uh, like your pure pocket passer that people like to say, but mm. definitely has some athleticism to escape pressure. Keep an eye on him. It's just, I know, uh, I know uh, it's still summer. You still have fall camp. He still has a chance to impress. Yep. But that kid has the potential. But yes, Ernest Jones. Just has to control what he can control. Exactly, exactly, you and, and uh, let's hope he can get some success down there too. A very proud program, Morgan State. Well, they just celebrated last year their 150th. Yeah, um, which was awesome. I did the homecoming game. That was phenomenal. There you go. Surprise, you didn't come. They asked for you. Like everybody was asking for. It. Where's Dave at? No, they weren't. Just stop, stop stroking <laughs> my ego. That's BS. Where's Dave in his large shirt? That's yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> it's a large shirt, not an extra large. As I just proved to him this morning, folks. Let's move, though, to um, North Carolina A&T, uh, where we had the retirement of a legend. Yes. Coach Rod Broadway calling it a career. Um, what a way to go out, first of all, uh, with a Celebration Bowl win and an undefeated season. But really an incredible coaching career from start to finish. Um, he is replaced by Sam Washington at the helm. How does Coach Washington keep the momentum of Coach Broadway the last four years as a powerhouse at A&T. How does he keep that momentum going? Well, he can. And also, I just want to correct myself. It's Anthony Butler. I was saying Brown. Ah, okay. Butler. Butler. 
Okay. So, but he is brown. But it's Anthony <laughs> Butler. Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Butler. Anthony Butler is a quarterback for Morgan State that's, that I'm high on, a redshirt freshman. But, yes, replacing legend is hard. But when you've already been within the program, it yes. makes the transition easier. Uh, we've seen this a lot over the course of football. Uh, when you had um, – when Bill Walsh retired, George Seifert stepped in and right. took them to a Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. Um, you've seen it at Florida State. Bobby Bowden leaves. Here comes uh, Jimbo Fisher. Right. Steps in, wins a national championship. Penn State, Paterno. Yes, uh, um, the Houston Texans head coach, Bill O'Brien, got them to play well. But I think James Franklin has taken them to another level. Yes. They, yes. Penn State is not trash. No. So, you know, we've seen this before. So I think this could be another situation because A&T can recruit. A&T has talent. So this team had a lot of players last year that were just sophomores and juniors. Yeah. Now they're juniors and seniors. So his job, I don't want to say his job is easy because we just say replacing the legend can be challenging because of the level of expectations. Um, Because anything that goes wrong, people will say, well, Broadway didn't do it that way. Yep. You know, so he has added pressure. So he has to somehow, some way – be better than 12 and 0. Yeah. But I think realistically speaking, um he has a chance to really carry continue to carry on uh this tradition of winning uh in Aggieland. And I think the smartest thing he did was keeping offensive coordinator Chip Hester in place as well. Yep. Going into his fourth season. And what he's also doing is Sam is coach Washington is actually staying as defensive coordinator for the moment. He's going to stay in that role as well controlling the defense for this season until he can find his guy to come in as his DC with his mind, and then he can step in as a full, you know, full-blown head coach. A um, and T is going to be dangerous. It's going to be absolutely dangerous. One last coaching change before we take a quick break, and that was at NC Central. Jerry Mack um, moving up in the world, taking the offensive coordinator job at Rice University. Um, he is replaced by former defensive coordinator Granville Eastman. He is in, I believe, on an interim basis yeah. at this point. Um, Again, NC Central had a very good season last year. They didn't win the rivalry game, so that always hurts. But a solid, solid team from top to bottom. Coach Eastman has a nice little, nice little thing to work with here. Yeah, he does. He has running game. He has defense. You know, because they have a lot of guys coming back, and they're going to be good. Um, and I, Jerry Mack is another one of my favorite coaches. I, I've met with virtually every coach um, in this. You know, the old coaches in, in the MEAC. Uh, so I've got to know them well over the years, and Coach Mack is one of my favorite guys too. Uh, it, I was shocked that he left the uh, Central, but I understood it yeah. because Rice is a sleeping giant, high academic program like in Tulane Texas. in Texas. So recruiting and Coach Mack's offense and his ability to really coach offense, he's the OC, so yeah. he's he gets to really get out there and showcase his plays on Saturday. Um, and he also recruited well, which didn't leave the cupboard bare for Coach Eastman, right? Which is huge. So, yes, I like I like this all the way around. You know, he did what he can do at NC Central, got them to a Celebration Bowl game, should have won that game, but the guy had the Celebration penalty in the Celebration Bowl, took his helmet off and pushed back the extra point. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he did great things with <laughs> NC Central, um, and. Uh, you know, he was able to knock off A&T once. He had to knock off A&T to get to the Celebration Bowl that year. So, yeah, Jerry Mack did great things 
at North Carolina Central. And I think Coach Eastman can step in and do uh, you know some great things as well. Because, again, they got running backs for days. Yep. Defensively, they're going to be good. Um, a lot of guys that were young last year that can really get out their quarterback. And, you know, the secondary was tough. And this is a program that has had uh, – I don't want to say they've had a draft pick um, that plays for Tampa Bay, Ryan, Ryan Smith. But they've also had guys that have signed NFL contracts. So, yes, this is a program that can get the job done. Folks, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we will talk about all the big games coming up in the MEAC schedule this year. There are a lot of games on here that are intriguing, shall I say. And then we'll get into our hot takes. I finally apparently had a hot take last week for the first time ever, Uh, (laughs) which one which I very much might regret. Uh, But we'll see what kind of... What kind of hot takes Emery has for us on the MEAC? He's very knowledgeable about this conference. We'll see. Obviously, he won't give us any predictions, but maybe... we got to get your predict- predictions, too. You you got away last week without giving predictions. Because I had too much of a hot take. It just went... It just, just <laughs> you gone. skated last week without giving a prediction, but... Just, just gone. I, I should, didn't I say Yale was going to repeat? I think I said Yale was going to repeat. I think you said uh, Brown. No, I said Brown, was. I think, was going to win like 500, I think. We'll have to listen back on it. And you folks can listen back on it, too. <laughs> Don't forget to go to iTunes and SoundCloud and give us a five-star rating while you're there. There you go. Professional podcast here right now. <laughs> Again, so we'll have all the big gains. We'll have our hot takes. We may see. Let's see if we can find uh, get a little information out of memory. Maybe we'll find out who your sleeper program is. There we go. I like I like that. Is that is that okay with you? Is that is that Can we? I'll give you, I'll give you one better. Okay. I'll tell you what I like about each team. I like the sound of that. Folks, we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. So you've been thinking about changing careers. Well, now's the perfect time to check out Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have nearby campuses in Stratford, Connecticut, Westbury, Long Island, and Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Almost everything you hear on the radio, everything you see on television and on the internet was made by a creative team of audio and video professionals. Producers, camera operators, sound designers, these are the people who work behind the scenes to make it happen. Connecticut School of Broadcasting can help you switch from your current career path to the more exciting world of audio and video production. We've placed thousands since 1964. Visit GoCSB.com, call 1-800-TV-RADIO, and come in for a studio tour. It's your chance to test drive the same equipment that's used in real radio and television studios, talk to the instructors, and meet other people who share your excitement about the radio and television industry. Listen, if you're ready for a career change, if you like the idea of working behind the scenes, come in and see what a career in broadcasting is like and see if it's right for you. Connecticut School of Broadcasting has nearby campuses in Stratford, Connecticut, Westbury, Long Island, and Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Call 1-800-TV-RADIO or visit Go. Welcome back, folks, to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Again, this is our MEAC preview podcast in our start of MEAC week. Emory's going to have a whole bunch of information coming out over the next couple days with recruiting the his all-conference team, where he's actually going to predict the winner of everything. He doesn't do that on this show. It always leaves me hanging. But you know what? We'll get something out of him today. Again, folks, you can listen on iTunes and SoundCloud. Subscribe while you're there. Five-star rating. Search football game plan in the podcast. And again, you can follow all of the videos and the new content coming out on YouTube.com slash football game plan and on footballgameplan.com uh, for all of that information. Emery, let's move into the schedule now. And there are some massive, massive games uh, coming up this year in the MEAC. And we'll start on the opening weekend. And this is going to be a fun one to watch. In, and it's an August game. Those August games are always, you know, it's either, you know, David versus Goliath or it's a, hmm, 
intriguing possibility. And let's start with the defending champs. North Carolina A&T taking on the defending champs of the OVC Jacksonville State. This could be an absolutely titanic clash between two great programs in this one. Totally agree. And this is a barometer test for both teams. Yes. And this is a statement game for not only North Carolina A&T, but for the MEAC. Teams are always looking for respect, right? Yes. Since they don't compete in the playoffs officially as far as like automatic bid, the rest of the FCS may look at them as inferior. Yeah, yes, but this is a conference that has knocked off two FBS opponents last year and Howard with UNLV and also North Carolina A&T with uh, Charlotte. And the previous year they knocked off Kent State. So the respect should be there from North Carolina A&T, right. but we know the rest of the FCS – uh, tends to look at the MEAC and the SWAC a little bit differently. But this game, a team that's coming off 12-0 and with a returning quarterback. Returning running back. Returning running back, returning receiver, defensively a freshman All-American. Um, but in Jacksonville State, that's come, they lose Rock Thomas. Yep. They lose uh, Saran Neal. They also lose Darius Jackson. So if there's a game that's going to be you know talked about as – a chance for North Carolina A&T, this is, the, this is the opponent. This is the chance. John Gross of Jacksonville State is a tremendous coach, obviously, because I thought last year they were going to take a step back because they were replacing a bunch of guys, but he had them right in the thick of things as usual yep. in the OVC. So this is going to be a great game because, yes, despite those key losses, I mean, Darius Jackson was – Darius Jackson – and uh, matter of fact, all three, Darius Jackson, Rock Thomas, and Saran Neal were all at the combine. Yeah. So that tells you how good of a player that they were that, that are gone. But so was Brandon Parker. Right. You know, so was uh, the year before Tariq Cohen. Yep. Lamar Renard is one of the best passers in the FCS. So I cannot wait until this game. This is going to be a great contest. Always, always fun. Those Again, those August games are always like – Yes, yes, please. Yes, give me more, yes. <laughs> yes. Let's move on to another opening week game and talk about a barometer test. This is going to be a barometer test not so much for talent but attitude. And that I'm looking at Morgan State at Towson. Rivalry game. We talked about what's going on at Morgan State. We had a firing of a head coach. You have an interim coach coming in. How well prepared will we be able to get this team for this game? I think we're going to get a pretty good judgment of where Morgan State's going to be at for the rest of the year. Um, from this first game against Towson in a rivalry game in that area. Yeah, it's the Battle of Greater Baltimore. You know how I know that? Yeah. Did you call this game? Too? I called that hey, game. Hey, there we go. Ring the bell. So I think, you know, this is going to be an interesting game. Going back to last year's game, it was 10 nothing. Yeah. Morgan State's defense had Towson on their heels. Offense could not do anything. Right. Literally, if the offense did – Something, not everything, but something, they beat Towson. Yeah. Towson now is healthier and, and tougher. So which Morgan State offense will show up? I know their defense will show up. This is going to be a phenomenal game, and I like how you you preface it. Like, this is a game that it's a, uh, for, for attitude. Yeah. You know, how are the players going to respond? I want to see how they respond. They to had that game last year. It was 10 nothing. Yeah. You know, they couldn't do anything on offense. Literally nothing. Yeah. So – T- credit Towson, you know, Coach Ambrose. I, listen, Coach Ambrose is the FCS version of Lane Kiffin. I think he is like one of the most hilarious dudes 
<laughs> that people may not understand his humor, but he is funny. Like yeah. he, like if you don't know Coach Ambrose, you think he was an asshole. <laughs> but he is hilarious yes. that way. He knows how to get under guy's skin. Yeah, and I, I like that about him. And he, he also is a damn good football coach. So yes, this game now. Last year was at Towson. I don't know. Uh, no, this year's at Towson. This year's at Towson as well. Is that Towson? Oh, so that, oh, wow, they going back to back. Yeah, I don't know it's how they not an, that one. Yeah, I thought they were trying to get it at M&T Bank Stadium, man. They wanted to make it big time. Maybe they tried to and failed. And said, no, it's at, it's at Morgan State. Oh, it's this, at Morgan is State. Is that okay. what I'm about to say? Because you can't have back to back. That's cheap. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> I would say now that it's going to be at Morgan, and these schools are only five to seven miles apart. Yeah. So – there's a lot of recruiting. Exactly. You know, I mean, so I this is going to be a great game because it kicks off the season. I'm probably going to be on that broadcast as well. Just showing off. Just showing off, you know, but <laughs> I, I can't wait to see what, because you always like to see in rematch contests what adjustments are made. That's what I want to see. Let's look, you got a whole list there. What What's the next game you got on your schedule? What? Well, we talked about North Carolina A&T and Jacksonville State, right? Yep. So I'm gonna take it to the following week. That that September first. Ah, you know, are you looking we, at another upset? Oh, I'm not. I'm not gonna say upset, but I'm I will say these are intriguing because, be, you know, I saw this. I got a sneak preview of this game uh, last year when I was at the Celebration Bowl because on the pro, back of the program it was like, hey, the the uh, Miac Swack Challenge will be in Atlanta this year at Georgia State's stadium, mm. and it's going to be between North Carolina Central and Prairie View A&M. Mm. Two new head coaches. Yep. Coach Dooley is my guy, uh, Eric Dooley. Yep. At Prairie View A and M, known him since I was a you know middle schooler. He was the that my high school coach. Um, nice. He was the offense coordinator at, at the high school, um, and he's been successful everywhere he's been, from Pine Bluff to Grambling more recently with their offense. Right. And got and finally got the head coaching job that he should have gotten decades ago because he's that good of a coach so right. finally able to see him in charge of a football team a college football team and they play North Carolina Central so this game is huge because we talked about how good Central is going to be right and Prairie View was good last year with Willie Simmons and so that cupboard is not bare and both coaches want to get off on a great uh, great start get off to a great start so I think this is a, a huge game down Atlanta is going to be packed uh, so that's what I'm looking for. And also that same weekend, here's another one. Yeah. Uh, Bethune-Cookman at Tennessee State. Interesting. Yes, ovc Miac. Interesting. You know, I like how they're making that a thing, too, with these two conferences. Very much the same area going against each other. And two historic you know, programs, two HBCU programs. Yeah. Tennessee State, Rod Reed is, 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 has done a great job. Uh, I used to you know, call him Transfer State. Because they get a lot of guys transferring in, but even just because you get transfers doesn't automatically mean you're going to win, right? But right. so Coach Reed has done a great job in coaching these guys up, and also in the midst of getting transfers, he's doing great at the high school level getting those guys in. Plus, his teams are always good on both sides of the line of scrimmage. They beat right. Georgia State last year in the opener. Um, Bethune Cookman, one of my guys. Yep, Terry Sims. Yep, outstanding coach. Okay, good dude. Outstanding coach, and another one that does a great job in developing players. Like Bethune Cookman constantly loses guys off to the NFL right. and to the CFL. Right, they had a CFL draft pick, uh, and Darius Blatzik, who's starting for I believe uh, I think he's with Saskatchewan mm-hmm. or Ottawa, one of those two. 
Um, Jawel Davis is out here with the Giants. Right. Undrafted free agent. He was their top receiver last year. Right. Larry Brim is um, playing in the CFL with Calgary. Right. So they've had good quarterbacks. They've had good running backs. Um, this game is going to be good because I think Bethune-Cookman is going to be good. Yeah. And so I, I, I look forward to seeing that one. Uh, those are two games that I, I see September 1st, in addition to the Battle of Greater Baltimore, uh, that is going to be huge involving the MEAC. Well, let's talk about another huge game involving BC taking on Howard in Indianapolis on the 22nd of September. Neutral site game yeah. at Lucas Oil Stadium. This is going to be a fun one to watch. Get a little uh, little big time action for these yeah, kids. Yeah, in Big Ten country too. Because again, the reason why the, the MEAC and SWAC tends to play these classic games and you know move them different places. Yeah, the brand is strong. Yep. The HBCU brand is strong. Uh, one of the, one of the good friends um, that people should follow HBCU Game Day. Right, they do a great job covering the HBCU from fantastic, you know, Division One all the way down to NAIA. And uh, Stephen Gaither is is phenomenal with this, with his his uh, company. But yeah, follow HBCU Game Day on Twitter and Instagram. They do. They also on Roku now. Uh, but talking with him before, and he said, you know, the brand is strong. They play these classic games because not only does it draw forty thousand to fifty thousand fans, but also kids that are in places that may not have HBCU programs see these now as an option a lot of people didn't know central state is in ohio you know yeah it's a hbcu program a famous nfl player from central state hugh douglas hmm. you know so man you didn't know that you're giving me the knowledge so they play these games and the, so let's say indianapolis right right you, major metropolitan city city you know, you got UND, which is a dominant Division II program there. And the pro- probably one of the reasons why is that kids don't you – know, there's no Division One options outside of what? Notre Dame, uh, Indiana. Purdue. Purdue. And so you think, like, okay, if I, I don't want to go to – I can't go there. The only other school that's probably recruiting me is University of Indianapolis. But now you get to get introduced to some HBCU football in the RCA Dome, which is big time. That's why not RC dumb date myself. Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil. Uh, he's uh, old. I'm old. So, <laughs> but yeah. So that's why they do it. And I, that's going to be a good game because Howard. Um, there's a lot of expectations for Howard this year. Yes. And so, we'll see. And let's talk about Howard one more time though. They've got a, a big test earlier on in their schedule. I think we have the same game. Go ahead. NC Central. No. Okay, we don't have the same game. But I'm looking at that game against NC Central on the 10th on the uh, 6th of October of October. That could be a very telling game of who's going to be in the hierarchy trying to catch A&T. Where Howard fell into trouble last year, they ran out of gas. Okay. You know, they, they were high-flying to start the season, and then you know they started to tail off. So what game do you have then? Ohio, the Bobcats. Ooh, you're looking at that? Well, okay. Yeah, that's a, that's one of those openers. Okay. And the Bobcats, Frank Solik, is, shouldn't have never left Nebraska. Now, Nebraska did it the right way by finding a way to get – uh, Scott Frost, but they yep. should have never let go of Frank Solik. You know, oh, nine wins, terrible. Ten wins, terrible. Even though he was still running the option, unbelievable. And they went, they went, what a decade of mediocrity until they finally got <laughs> Scott Frost back in the fold. Um, so, I like Howard and Ohio in in the opener. I, I also want to. There's another game would be involving Bethune Cookman. I think is huge. Uh, 
October twentieth, they play North Carolina A and T. I think that's a big game too. That could be that could be massive. I want to talk about one other game, an under the radar game. We're talking about programs coming back to prominence, and I think that is also on October sixth, Norfolk State versus Florida A and M. That's a good one. Two teams that are going to be they're going to be under the radar. No one's going to be paying attention to this game, even in MEAC circles, unless you're from these two schools. But these two programs, the next two or three years, maybe even this year, could be a force to be reckoned with. This is going to be a real good indicator of where these two programs are and where they are going. How, how hot, The projection is going to be high. They're both mm-hmm. going up. The question is, how steep is it? Yeah. Uh, it, again, you got good coaches. You're in a good recruiting area. You're going to be good for a long time, and they have all of the ingredients to, to make that a really good game. I would also toss out um, South Carolina State at Georgia Southern. That intrigues me because Georgia Southern's offense, um, the option attack, and South Carolina State defensively they got speed, offensively they got size. Right. Um, so I, you know, I, I know that's the Sun Belt Conference, you know, which is by far the best conference in college football, you know. All right, Cajun. <laughs> so I'm, there, I'm Cajun. just saying. But that's an intriguing matchup because of contrasts and styles. And also, fam, you at North Carolina Central is another good one. There's, I mean, there's so many good games that we didn't, we we're not even going to be able to get to here. Of course, A&T versus Central at the end of the year Obviously, is a massive yeah. one. I, I'm keeping an eye on Norfolk State against A&T as well a couple weeks earlier than that. Mm-hmm. But there's so many games in this conference where we can't get to them all. But let's go into the team-by-team. Team. You said you would say one thing. Time like. out. Before we get to that, what's okay. your hot take? Oh, so we save it to the end of the show. Let's save it to the end of the okay, show. Okay, go ahead. So you said you were going to give us a – first of all, let's get with a team-by-team, team, what you like about each team. We'll get your sleeper pick, and then we'll have our hot takes, and we'll see where it goes from there. Bethune-Cookman, what do you like about BC going into this year? Always had, Already had a good year last year, a quality program, a historic program. What do you like about BC? Depth. They, they're, they're deep, and uh-huh. we're going to – that, you know, fans are going to hear about it uh, either today or tomorrow uh, when I put out the high school video. But they went the JUCO route heavy in uh, recruiting. Ah, yes. You had JUCO talent with a deep roster that's already good, that's well coached. You know, they're deep. So keep an eye on Bethune Cookman. Delaware State, what do you like about the Hornets? Upside. Okay. Coaching staff. We just talked about it. No expectations. No expectations. Nobody's expecting you to come out and beat them. Bingo. And so you got exactly. <laughs> that's where you can sleep, uh, slip up on, uh, sneak up on people. And again, the coaching staff. Yeah, that's huge. I think the the upside there is what I am most excited about. Fam, you. What do you like? Willie Simmons and their uniforms. Yes, it, I mean, and I, I you know, the Ryan's, best uniform in college football, folks, I'm and the best it. mascot, second to Raging Cajuns. But yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree with you. Okay, <laughs> but but I do like uh, Ryan Stanley too. Um, I think what I most like about Florida A and M is the athletes that they have on a perimeter on both sides of the ball. And as you said, they got the hometown son. They got everything Ernie. they wanted. They got everything they wanted. Now they have to win with it. Bingo, Howard. What do you like for the Bison? Ooh, man, this that sounds like everything. <laughs> listen, Howard, I like. It, I, I hate to cop out by saying I like the coaching, but I do like the coaching uh, again. because <laughs> they've turned Howard into a premier spot. Yes, if you check yes. the if you check social media, if you check the twitters, you know, all you see kids talk about is Howard. They've done a great job in really reaching. 
the high school sophomores, the juniors, seniors, everyone's talking about Howard. They were able to capitalize on that win against UNLV. Yeah. So not only do they do a great job on the field, but these coaches that they have on the staff understand how to really tap into the off-the-field stuff, the social media, which makes which Howard – Exactly. That makes Howard the go-to spot. So I do like the coaching. Um, I think Howard, because of that, has a chance. Morgan State. What? Defense. Defense? Defense, defense, defense. Listen, I can't stress enough how um, – one game in particular that, that stood out to me, or two, obviously it was the Towson game. Right. Towson – had Shane Simpson, who ended up getting hurt in that game, but he's one of the best backs in the FCS. Ten points. Yeah. So, and then the next game, defensive struggle. Offense couldn't score points. How, uh, Morgan State is is good defensively because they play with attitude. Yeah. And when you're good and you know you're good and you play with a certain level of cockiness, yeah. especially on the side of the ball where you have to be aggressive – I love their defense. Norfolk State. What do you like about the Spartans? Coaching, number one. Uh, again, again, coaching. Coaching, number one. Go ahead. I'm a yeah. big LaTrell Scott fan. Okay. Coaching, number one. But I, I do like uh, I, I like the youth that they have along the line of scrimmage. Yes. Their offensive line, I think, is going to be good this year. Um, and that's key because that allows you to control time possession, run game, helps out your quarterback. I like their offensive line. Let's talk about, I mean, what isn't there to like about A&T? Markel Cartwright. Yeah. He has some Devontae Freeman in his game. Okay. From the Atlanta Falcons. I, li- I like that as a Devontae fantasy owner. Freeman, yeah. I like that as a fantasy owner looking forward to a couple seasons. Cartwright is good, man. And, like, good footwork, runs with a passion. I just like the way he runs, man. And I think he's going to be, along with Renard, because if you have a good quarterback in the MEAC, you're going to win a lot of games. And so, you know, obviously they have a lot returning. (laughs) Maybe it's because of – maybe that should be the line, like, I like North Carolina A&T because of everything they have returning. (laughs) Everything. Just everything in general. NC Central. Run game. Like I said before. They have a stable of backs coming in. Stable doesn't even do it justice. They have all the backs. Yeah. And so they could literally go five deep in the backfield. So I like the running game (laughs) of NC Central. Let's go with Savannah State. Obviously, this is their last year, I believe, before they move down to D2. What do we look for for Savannah State, though, in this final season? Here's what I like about Savannah State. And not a lot of people are giving them. They were good the year before with Eric Rayburn. And then last year – they had a lot of expectations, but they finished three and eight. But the quarterback play was was phenomenal. They play a lot of freshmen, right? Um, Devon Gibbons, he was the starting quarterback in the Morgan State game that I was on a broadcast. I was just, I was like, man, this guy is six two, about two fifteen. Like he's making good decisions with the ball. He's not afraid. He's handling pressure well. I really like how he's throwing the ball. I think I said that multiple times during the broadcast. Yeah. They have a good um did a good job recruiting last year and they have a really good defender and Stefan Banks who's an NFL prospect, a defensive end. Um so I just I like their quarterback Gibbon, Gibbons cuz again, he's a he he he's going to Wally Pip the guy that was hurt right. because he was so good 
as a freshman, it's like, man, Savannah State is not bad, you know, and and it's a shame that they're dropping down to D two, but I understand it from a financial standpoint, right? But that team is going to be competitive, and it's because we just made the case where Renard Gibbons is a guy that's a really good quarterback. Last team, one word describes South Carolina State. One word. I can't use one word. All right, then use several words. I would say, <laughs> I would say um, the offensive line. O-line strong. O-line Because Buddy Pugh does a good job in coaching the offensive line. Offensive right. line is going to be a, never a problem. Right. So now you add Fred Ferry in there to call plays, um, which is which is a good thing because he has plays. Like, there's concept-wise, watching Morgan State last year, you like, man, that was a damn good play call. Yeah. You know, that's a damn good uh, play design. So I think all of that coming in is going to be good behind right. that offensive line. So I like their offensive line. I worry about um, – Replacing you know defenders that they had um, obviously losing Leonard is that's huge. huge as an NFL draft pick you know, a yeah. second round pick yeah you just lost right so but the offensive line I like in and uh and and the new offense because there's something to be said about the unknown yeah that's yeah. A, that could be a positive all right here we go folks we're Should actually gonna, we're actually gonna get a we're gonna get a prediction from Emory here who is your sleeper team for the Miac in 2018. I think I had the same sleeper team last year. Um, I just like Bethune-Cookman. I think Bethune-Cookman is a team that, you know, uh, what two years in a row has been A&T knocking off FBS. Right. Uh, you have um, Howard knocking off an, uh, FBS last year in um, UNLV and nearly knocking off another one, you know, I think when you look at Bethune Cookman, now they don't ha- they have a an FBS opponent, but they got a real good one. I don't know about that one. They played Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic last year. Kiffin. Yeah, Kiffin. Kiffin, like, Kiffin <laughs> had those guys rolling. Uh, but if that if you know that could be a game, you know that they could really make yeah. get interesting. But I think Bethune Cookman uh, is a sleeper because everyone is is talking Howard. Obviously, everyone is talking A and T. You know, I, I think when you look at Bethune, who has quietly always been there, yep. that's the team. And, you know, Central could be that team as well, but I just think Bethune is, is probably uh, flying under the radar right now. Speaking of Lane Kiffin, did you see him how he was saying that Oklahoma was a better program than Alabama? See, that's what I'm saying. Like, someone's, that's what makes Lane Kiffin funny. So, so, someone's a little salty still. No, <laughs> you, you got to embrace the asshole because you know, you know how that pisses off. Nick Saban. Yes. And yes. so Kiffin does that's why I like Danny Cannell. Because he's the same way. Yeah. Like yeah. just a like the type of person that'll pull into a parking spot and not park over the line, but park right on the line. So, so then you're can't. still coming close yeah, over the door and it, you're just it, like bingo. Yeah, but he's squeezing out. But he's not on the line, so you can't curse him out. <laughs> but he's right on the line. But you're leaving him a note on your desk. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I like about I like Kiffin. I like Cannell. I like I like that. And Ambrose, you know. All right, you want to hear my sleeper pick? No, I want to hear. All right, no, no, no. Sleeper, sleeper pick first. There we go. Norfolk State. Okay. I don't think they win the conference. I think they are a top three team in this conference. I think they have. I think they have the personality number one to go through what they did last year, yeah. and play that well, especially in the second half of the season. Shows a lot of character. They have talent on both sides of the ball. They have the right coaching staff in place. I think this is a team that everyone's going to be saying, oh, we've got a tough game next week. we got Norfolk State, whatever. Norfolk State's going to shock a few people. I think they go at, get at least 
seven, if not eight wins this season. Oh, you put numbers on it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I say for North. That's not my hot take, though. Oh, I, all right. What's your hot take? A&T, back-to-back undefeated seasons. Hold on. Let me look at that schedule right back quick. Back-to-back undefeated seasons. And I'm not just saying the regular season. I'm saying Celebration Bowl too right now. All right. So, so according to you, they're, yep. they're knocking off Jacksonville State. Yep. Too much offensive firepower. All right. And East Carolina. Mediocre program in FBS. Because, again, last year was the first time ever any any team from this conference has gone undefeated. I say they did it twice true. in a row. They did twice so wow. I say they do it twice in a row. They do, that's a good one. I, that's actually a real good hot take. You know, because you could you it could be realistic. Like, you <laughs> talked about Jacksonville State and you talked about East Carolina. I think you described both of those teams perfectly. You're welcome. East Carolina got... <laughs> The Briggs beat off of them by James Madison last year. East Carolina's they, they're, they're in trouble. Year, a few years ago, decent program. Now, sorry, Pirates, but it's another long year. This is why you don't – Karma's undefeated. Yeah. Should never got rid of Ruffin McNeil. Yep, there it is. You know, <laughs> All it, right. I like Scotty Montgomery, though, but they just never should have got rid of Ruffin McNeil. Yes. But uh, my hot take is this. Yes. I don't think the MEAC is – I think the MEAC is in the middle – of the FCS hierarchy, hierarchy Ooh. conference. Yes, I think people just poo-poo the MEAC constantly yep. and the SWAC because they don't participate in the playoffs. Blah blah blah. They hadn't won a playoff game. Blah blah blah. But you just have a team that just go, went undefeated. Yep, they were ranked number seven at the end of the season by stats. Number seven. Didn't Bethune Cookman beat? Uh, look it up right quick. Did Did they beat Southeastern Louisiana last year? I want to say they did. And yes, they, they did. And they almost beat McNeese, right? Uh, they did not play McNeese last who, year. Who played McNeese last year? It was a go to go to McNeese schedule. I think they played in um, uh, HBCU program. I think it was from the SWAC. I think it was a SWAC team. I think it was a SWAC team. Okay. Uh, so I think when people look at the MEAC and they tend to look at the Delaware State. Yeah. And they'll look at at, at one point Howard was, was downtrodden. But now when you look at the MEAC now, you, A&T can go anywhere and play. Yeah. Bethune-Cookman can go anywhere and play. Howard this year can go anywhere. Can go anywhere and play. Central really can go anywhere and, and There's play. a lot of teams. Like, they pop on your schedule you're like, oh, boy. Yeah. You know, so I still think, think you can win, but you're also like, we're in for a brawl. Right. Morgan State defensively is, is you know, is, is, the, is the key. But – I don't think this conference gets this just due. No. And I think no. you're starting to see that from a recruiting standpoint. Um, these high school kids now have so much, uh, so many options. Yeah. And now with social media, with ESPN3, ESPN+, Plus, you know. Didn't even have to go there. Three of uh, Bethune-Cookman's games were on ESPNU. Bingo. They don't even have to go into the online. They can just watch their TV. Just watch the TV. ESPN News has games, ESPN2. So these programs are constantly getting showcased. So that's one yeah. thing. Yeah. But when you talk about a second-round pick, senior bowl invites. Yeah. Well, you know, so I think the recruits are starting to see, like, yo, this is a legit option. Story program, I get to play early. I get developed to be a pro player, whether that's, uh, yeah. you know, I just named, I just rattled off, what, like five or six uh, Bethune Cookman Wildcats in the CFL, right? Yeah. So there's 
and you know it, it's a it's a lot when you think about the the I mean you got Southland Conference you got the SoCon you got the Missouri Valley you got geez it's tough to say the MIAC is in the middle but yes I think from top to bottom from top to bottom Absolutely. I think they are in the middle Absolutely. you know I think they are in the middle you know I you know so and that's my hot take, and I, I think that's going to be a good hot take. I, and I think that's I think that is a debatable point. That if if you actually look at the teams, you look at the at the game film, you have to look at game film, folks. Right, you, you can't, can't just, just look at you just can't people ooh, look at stats. Team, yeah, or people or people look at team names and, and build from there. Right. It's, and speaking of team names and conference team names, that's where we're going next week. We're going to the lands of Jack Rabbits. Bison and Penguins. <laughs> We're going to the Missouri Valley Football Conference, folks. And, it's, of course, as any Bison fan will tell you, the greatest football conference in all of Division One. You could probably get that from a few different programs, not just from North Dakota State, but it's one of the big ones. I mean, North Dakota State, geez. Like, when you, like on, <laughs> on paper, when you look at it, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Like, all the championships. Yeah. None of it makes sense. It's Legendary. Like, yeah, it's like Alab- it's literally Alabama. like Alabama. It's Alabama. Move aside. We are a better team than you. Quietly, we are a better program than you are. People forget about the Alabamas pre Saban, post Gene Stallings. To get people to go to North Dakota willingly, <laughs> that is impressive to start with. I mean, they do have a nice cozy dome, but we'll we'll get into that. Yeah. We're going to talk about the Missouri Valley Conference. Good food out there Conference. too, man. I ate well out there in. Uh, in uh, Fargo. free range, free range. Oh my goodness, <laughs> free range. But we'll talk about. The Bison, can anybody challenge them? We'll talk about the Dakotas. Both South Dakota teams were tremendous last year. Will Youngstown State and Northern Iowa bounce back? Where in the world did Illinois State go? There's a whole bunch of storylines from the MVFC. But this week, it is the MEAC. You're going to have a whole bunch of programming coming out with recruiting, your all-conference team. This week is MEAC week, and it cannot be overlooked. Do not raise your nose to the MEAC. This is a conference that deserves the recognition, deserves the respect, and there are some programs here when you want you want history, you want you know class programs that are going back generations. Right. You look at the MIAC, you look at these teams, and they're all over the map. And so, look at the matchups too. Like that, like you're getting good football, uh, you know, week in week out. The matchups are always, always great. Exactly, folks. That'll do it for our podcast. Again, if you want to listen back on this show. We're available all the time on SoundCloud and on iTunes. All of the videos that are going to be coming out, they will be on YouTube.com slash Football Game Plan, as well as on the Football Game Plan website, so you can check it all out there. I know you want to see and hear a lot more from Emery than you probably want to do from me. I am just the host. (laughs) He's the man with the mind. I'm just going to put that out there. I have no problem saying that about myself. Folks, again, that'll do it for this show. Thank you so much for listening in. For Emery Hunt, David Hassagan, thanks for listening.